0: Hey guys, before we start the show, can you feel something changing? Something changing in the air? It smells a little different when you walk outside. It's it's get maybe some parts of the country getting a little colder out. You know what that means? It means it's football season. It's coming upon us, and you know Maybe not all libertarians love football, but it's okay to love football. It's okay to need a distraction from the craziness that we all uh, have to deal with in today's modern world. And what we do on Lines of Liberty, we have a great bonus show called Degenerate Gamblers. Myself, Brian McWilliams and Rico, we uh, go through our weekly bets every week. We have a league that we uh, have with our pride members where we're competing against each other. You can get into that. You can get involved in that if you want to. And we have a show every week, too, of course, where we're talking about those those bets and games and and telling old college stories. It's a really, really freaking awesome show. But on top of that, we've teamed up with an awesome sponsor, Football Insider Edge, and we're going to bring you a deal. Now, Now, these guys are bringing great content. They have a great community, awesome research. And what we're offering um, with them is as supporters of this show, they are currently offering you a 20% discount. On any of their monthly or full season plans on their website. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use code Lion and checkout to take advantage of this discount today. Doesn't matter if you're just a fantasy football player, if you're a DraftKings or a FanDuel, or if you're a degenerate gambler, if you like to bet on every single game. These guys have the content for you to take your, your gambling, to take your fantasy football to the next level. Check out footballinsideredge.com and use code Lion at checkout to get a discount on a monthly or full season package today. We are
1: born free and we will die free.
0: The time in between
1: though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman.
0: All right, we are live. We are live here on a uh, special live edition of Finding Freedom uh, with our uh, Lions of Pride members able to watch, chime in, ask some questions. So if you're not in the Pride, then you should probably join the Pride so you can take part in things like this uh, with my guest today, uh, Pete Quinonez. Uh Pete, of course. If you don't know him, maybe you're maybe you're brand new to the uh, liberty movement. If you don't know Pete by now, but Pete is, you know, someone who is leading the uh, leading the charge in uh in liberty. He was just on Tim Pool's uh, podcast last week. He's of course the host of the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, and also just found this out today, host of a new podcast along with Scott Horton, uh, the End of the Empire podcast. If we didn't need. Another libertarian podcast. Now we have another one, so that's huh. great. But Pete, welcome to Find Your Freedom.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me on. I think the only time I've been on your show before was like a libertarians in the living room drinking liquor. So um, this will like officially count as the hat trick, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, I looked back at that. That was almost two years ago, I think, and it was uh, it was me, you, and Rayford Davis. And uh, oh, yeah. I think it was actually my 200th episode of this show that we did. Oh wow, wow! I think it was. I don't think anyone else was on. I think it was just you and Rayford. But
1: oh, was it what's his name from Ammo.com? Oh,
0: I don't think. So. I don't think so. Now maybe that was one where you, you did with Brian. I don't know. Oh, possibly. But I, I can't believe. Anyway, I
1: man. his name right now. I feel like a hill. But <laughs> thanks for having me on, brother.
0: Yeah, good to uh, good to have you back. And uh, I mean, you're coming on after a big week you yeah, had last week so what, what was, week was that busy. like man what, what was that like being on Tim Pool? that whole experience
1: well i mean i was gone less than 24 hours from home it's like i caught a flight there got picked up at the airport driven an hour then like sent me 40 minutes at the hotel to take a shower and then over there to the green room and everything and get all prepared and then um you know, got to talk with everybody and that was cool to be able to do that before we could, um, before we went live. So it was almost like Tim goes live and we've already been having a conversation. So we're just continuing the conversation and um, three hours of that. And then I um, actually had to got to spend about 45 minutes alone with Tim um, eating and talking to him and you know, getting to know him a little bit. Uh, he seemed really cool. And then, Back to the hotel, and then earliest of flights, and uh, you know, back home,
0: in and out, yeah. 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 So it, it, Tim's uh, studio—it's like at his house, right? So it's and it's a pretty remote area of. Uh, oh, it's it, very is that? remote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a pain? Is that a pain in the ass to get to?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it was some of the most beautiful country. Yeah. You know, once you get once we got off the highway, it was just gorgeous and vineyards everywhere. And, um, and once we got there, I mean, the house is just huge. I mean, it was just, I
0: mean,
1: I, I didn't see a quarter of it and you know, so, saw the new studio he's building, which looks really, really cool and got some ideas for lighting from that because this lighting sucks in here and, um, yeah. And just to hang out and talk and try to get a word in edgewise, you know, but, um, it was fun.
0: Yeah, that's got to be that's kind of tough because you were on with uh with Sean Parnell who he actually ran for Congress in the district next to mine now he's running for for senate in p a and i I liked how you encouraged him to run for governor. I wish he would <laughs> <laughs> but he i mean he seems like a pretty normal,
1: oh, he's totally for, normal. for a politician yeah, he, yeah. yeah when, when once that microphone is off i mean even even in front of the microphone um yeah I think he's He's an, a normie kind of Republican, you know, but yeah. he's he, he's against the wars and you know, he basically agreed with everything I said, which was funny. <laughs> I think Mark even Mark even made a meme of that. Said again, Pete, you're right. <laughs> and um, yeah, that
0: you
1: know it was it was nice hanging out with him afterwards and before because he really is like a just a regular kind of dude, you know. So it was. Yeah, I, I was honest with him. You know, you run for mayor of your hometown, run for governor of the state, and just become a you know become a populist like Desantis and stay away from the two hundred two area code. But yeah, he has he has a plan. So I mean, I would not run for that seat. I mean, it's Sunzu art of war. You don't go to mm-hmm. war unless you know you're gonna you know if you if you're if you're fighting already you've lost. Don't go to don't run for that unless you know you're absolutely gonna win. So. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, we'll see. The Pennsylvania Republican Party, I guess they have – I don't know. I guess they think he's a better, better fit for the Senate. I don't know. I mean it's uh, – the Libertarians running in uh, in Pennsylvania. Well, they, they don't have the nominations yet, but I mean that's – I wish they wouldn't run, honestly, if it's the two they'll, guys they'll, that are <laughs>
1: – oh, They'll probably take away votes from the left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know i don't know i think i'll, I'll take away votes from much of anybody but no. especially with the climate of, of right now which basically yeah. i mean things aren't going to change too much in the next year it's going to come down to masking vaccine mandates that's going to be the election so sure i wouldn't and be surprised people, pennsylvania, the LP,
1: pennsylvania most people in the lp aren't willing to take a stance on that not a hard not a hard line stance that's for sure
0: yeah and i uh i send messages to both of uh maybe not both after the Afghanistan pullout, I sent a message to the guy running for, uh, or planning to run for the Senate seat in PA, saying, where's your statement, man? Because Parnell had already put a statement out that was very libertarian. I mean, it was it was pretty good. And uh, he gave some written statement that was long and nobody read. Um, and then the guy running for governor, soon as uh, the current governor of Pennsylvania just reinstated the mask mandate, you know masking my daughter in school and in kindergarten i sent him an enraged message saying where, where where's your press release where's your video anything and uh he goes well you know i've always been against mask mandates i'm like well are you gonna say it like i mean you're gonna tell anybody i don't know these people are so worried about he's not afraid to uh to tweet out or you know put a put a message out about supporting the cops he'll do that but I don't know, pretty dis- disillusioned with the Libertarian Party at this, uh, this point in time. But, dude, something that I, I want to talk about this now because I don't want to forget it because not that it caught me by surprise, but some of the, the facts and figures you brought up around China, I had not heard before. And you uh, you rehashed it again in the episode with Scott. I listened to like the, the first half hour, or 40 minutes of that, of, uh, of your new podcast there, The, the End of the Empire. But, like I, I wouldn't say that I've been afraid. You know, the people on the on the right. You know, after Trump lost, they were saying that the, there's reports that the Chinese are on the Mexican border, right? Waiting to uh, waiting to come in. Biden's going to let them in. Um, but but really, I mean, based on I mean the the stats that you were citing off, the most shocking one to me was that agriculture in China thirty percent, a third of the agriculture is still done manually or with, with animal power, which is just freaking insane. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So if you just talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, as soon as I knew I was going on Tim pool, I listened to enough of the show to know that they're, they, they hate China. I mean, and they could also be considered China hawks. So I wanted to be up on my China information as much as I could, if in case it came up. And so obviously immediately just went to david stockman and just started reading david stockman articles and the first article i found was about evergrand about their second largest real estate company um mortgage company and how their bonds were trading at 50 percent. and then in the last week we just found out their bonds are aren't trading anymore they've been pulled so this is going to be a lehman brothers for them
0: that's crazy that is insane
1: and then i found out that from reading stockman that China's GDP is 255 um, percent of their debt of um, their their debt is 255 percent of their GDP, which is what the United States is actually. So it took them 25 years to do it. It took the United States 108 years to do. So they're just printing money left hand over fist. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of there's a lot of. Com- there's a lot of um, businesses that are, there's a, they're basically trading with a dollar now because no one wants the yuan so it's like everywhere they go they're trading with the dollar so the, and then there's a ton of other stuff like um then um ryan mcmakin put out an article reviewing a book called unrivaled by, uh, it's a harvard professor he wrote it in 2018 and he just went down the demographics of the country and I mean, I was like, I was floored. I just couldn't believe it. Um, Harvard, China. I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah, here it is. It's by Michael Beckley. It's called Unrivaled, Why America Will Remain the World's Sole Superpower, Cornell Studies, in sec- um, Insecurity Affairs. Michael Beckley is, this guy's like in one of the um, foreign policy departments at Harvard. And he's a war hawk. He's not a realist. He's not an anti-war guy. He's a war hawk. And he just goes down all of these incredible stats. The one about 30%, how 30% of the agriculture is done, how they have a higher rate of diabetes than we do. And that's not due to obesity. It's due to malnourishment. Um, he talks about their their warships compared to ours and how um, they can't even match. And, and they talk about um, how basically they're, if you look at the United States and like we have a good relationship with Canada, we have a good relationship with Mexico. They have so many people on their borders that they have, they have terrible relationships with. I mean, just 2014, 2015, Mm -hmm. there've been firefights between troops, between Chinese troops and Vietnamese troops. Then you have the whole North Korea, they're sharing a border with North Korea. I mean, talk about being saddled with, you know, just, I mean, and, then you just find out then you like you really start thinking about it and you're like okay the belt and road initiative everybody's worried about this you know it's like china's going to build a a road from china to lisbon it's like well and and scott horton did it perfectly he's like well how are they going to do that are they going to declare war on every country in between or would they have to go in and pay people off and almost be diplomatic and then you see and to top all this off, they're like G is like literally starting a culture war right now. He's like banning um, like any feminine man from being on TV. So like any TV shows that has a man that he deems feminine you pull pulling him off TV um, they're basically going after the entertainment industry. they're starting a cultural revolution. And that cultural revolution is going to be pointed inward, unfortunately. They're gonna mm-hmm. declare war on their own people before they do anything else. And by the time they do anything else, I mean, they're gonna be they're at the point where they're so weakened that I mean, really, what, what are they a military threat to us if their economy is just absolutely being decimated? And I talked to somebody today who made a great point. He said, um, what they're doing, like, with, you know, there are all these things. Oh, what happened to Jack Ma? What happened? You know, all these what businessmen. Did, what are did dis- happen
0: to Jack Ma? Do you know who anything knows? about
1: that? Who knows? But I talked to somebody today who's pretty in the know, and he says what G is doing is any he's eliminating anyone who he's trying to get out of the way anyone who is in bed with the Davos crowd, with the World Economic Forum crowd. Because Russia is not having any of the World Economic Forum stuff. China is not having any of the World Economic Forum stuff. So, what you're also what you may be seeing right now is a reaction to a Chinese reaction to the Great Reset. And it looks like so many politicians in this country, including governors and state legislatures, are bought Mm -hmm. and paid for by the World Economic Forum it looks like Xi's is actually going to war against them and he may be getting some uh maybe moving some people out of the way who have been doing business with them
0: it's it's interesting and i mean I, I mean even more so after after hearing you know hearing this stuff I, i'm not afraid of uh you know the chinese invading the united states what i'm more not afraid of but it's just kind of the reality of of what's happening is you know with china pushing fentanyl into this country through the you know through the drug trade up through up through Mexico whatever happened with covid you know I don't know if that was us us funded uh, you know virus uh, virus uh, what's the word gain of function research in the uh, in the Wuhan lab Wuhan lab gone wrong who knows um, stuff like that is is what I'm worried about with China these things these sort of like Dirty little things that can happen, or I mean, even just U.S. companies doing business with China. When I worked in nuclear energy, um, the company I worked for, whenever we would we were, we were building four nuke plants in China, whenever anybody would go over there, you would just take a dummy computer with nothing on it because you knew they would steal everything on it. So, so things like that. I mean, China is not a threat to to take over, but they're a threat to st- steal a lot of technology and. Um, You know, maybe kill a lot of Americans through fentanyl and and things like that if they can, which I I think they will. So, I mean, there's different mitigations to prevent that, of course, legalizing drugs.
1: Nobody was declaring war on – nobody was talking about doing anything to Colombia or Central America when all the cocaine was coming here and killing people in the 80s. So why is this such a big deal? I'll tell you why it's a big deal. I'll tell you why China is a big deal right now because we've been taught that we have to have an enemy. And especially people on the right, they don't find Russia as an enemy anymore, especially after the whole Russiagate thing and everything. They don't they're sick of the war on terror. And so who's the enemy? Well, America needs an enemy. All right. So it's China. It's the ones who took our gerbs. That's the easiest enemy, the easiest enemy we can think of. And it's just really low IQ reaction, reactionary. Grainwashing of Americans who are just, we well, we need, if we don't have an enemy, I mean, it's really like almost neocon thinking where, where it's like, well, I mean, we have to, you know, we can't just sit back. You know, it's like when the, when the cold war ended, when Russia, when the USSR broke up, you know, Pat Buchanan is like, okay, let's concentrate on home now. You know, let's make ourselves the most prosperous country in the world. We can't get out of our own way. Everyone's in it. Oh, they might be doing better than us over there. They're the enemy. Oh, I mean, I mean, the fentanyl thing. It's like how many how many countries we've never declared war on South America when that when cocaine was coming here. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the CIA was bringing it in. So who do you think bringing this in? I mean, do you really think anything's coming up? Anything like that's coming in here without somebody knowing about it, without it making its way? I mean, drugs are in prison. Come on. You
0: know, they make it across borders
1: and make it over walls in in many ways. And as far as COVID goes, I mean, you know how long, you know how long people thought the Spanish, they said that the Spanish flu in 1918 came out of China. That was one of the original stories. Then they were like, well, it had, well, since it's really spreading in Europe, it's probably somewhere in Europe. It came out of Kansas. So how the hell do we know where, how we think we know where this came from, but we've been fed a I mean, where, where yeah, are we getting true. our, where are we getting our information from? It's true. The, cathed- the cathedral, everybody, you know, it's funny. People only, b- people believe the corporate press when they want to, w- when they need to have their, um, their biases confirmed, they will believe the corporate press. When it it's like the people who, the people who are like, oh man, CNN's fake news. I can't trust Chuck Schumer, Democrats, blah, 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 blah. but, but, the Branch Davidians set themselves on fire. Okay, where would you learn that from? Oh, okay. Sure, mm-hmm. you got that from the corporate press because y- you heard about these people, you automatically don't like them, so you found the facts to confirm your bias about what happened. You know, it's like it's like um Ross What yeah. what is Ross Albright? What's Ross Ra- doing to uh, to Life Plus 40 for right now? It's for hiring a hitman. Except he yeah. was never charged with that. It's, he, a, it's he an was emotional, it. yeah.
0: Yeah. it's an emotional, emotional thing to pull people into it, and then, uh, yeah, and they they back it up with people re- reason themselves into it. You know, mm-hmm. well, he, he was he was selling drugs. He was, you know, children were being trafficked, which n- none of that was true. Mo- mostly, what was sold on Silk Road was just marijuana. That's
1: yeah, yeah. most of it. There's some designer drugs on there, and yeah. I mean, there was like um, I heard fake IDs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I mean, that's harmless stuff. Yeah, I mean it's really harmless. I mean, it, it, what somebody does with it, you know, a guns harmless until someone uses it for nefarious purposes. Yeah. So,
0: hey, we're gonna take a real quick break here, guys. I want to tell you guys about a, an awesome new community, a new app, a new way to uh, to build your network, to meet new people, new like minded people, and, and grow your business. Um, if you heard Monday's episode, you heard Jason Stapleton and Dave Smith, and you you heard Jason talking about his new Nomad Network, and it's uh, it's really cool. Two ways to join. You can join for free, or there is a paid account. And I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, you guys know that I'm someone who is very passionate about um, diversifying your income. Um, if you're locked into a corporate job, you're just waiting to have, uh, have the door slammed on your toe. Um, so diversifying your income, and uh, as Jason talks about, building some skills, building some unique skills that you can market and you can sell. So what the Nomad Network is, and whether you have an existing business or you're looking to start one, or if you simply want to get around and start talking to some like-minded people, the Nomad Network is definitely the place for you. And it's free to join. Um, You can go to www. Now, I say that because for this link to work, you have to put in the www.nomadnetwork.com app slash lions so right now you can do that you can see what what everyone's talking about free to get in there if you want to upgrade to a paid membership and get other perks get into the inner inner circle you can do that as well if you'd like to you don't have to and just to tell you a little bit more about this network it's really cool there's actually a like a job posting board where you can go in and uh, and see different things that other entrepreneurs, other like-minded people are looking for. Maybe someone to build a website, looking for someone to do some Facebook ads. I'm actually linking up with someone that I might be doing that for them. I used to do Facebook ads. I'm looking to get back into it just to make some more income in in that area. Um, Maybe uh, you know, doing graphics, maybe programming, all kinds of different things. This is a growing community. And guys, this is going to be huge. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be big. So go to slash lions and get your free account today. Yeah, hey, but dude, but speaking of, uh, so you're just talking about finding an enemy, and I don't know if you heard um, George W. Bush's 9/11 speech, any of it from uh, from 9/11. Um, I'll, I'll just re- um, read a quote from it because it, sure. I mean, this this yeah, this is saying that the d- direction things are going ties in with Biden's. Uh, losing patience for the vaccinated speech. So Bush says um, there is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. They are children of the same foul spirit and it is our continuing duty to confront them. That doesn't make you raise your eyebrow. I I don't know what the hell does. Um, what, (laughs) What the heck is going on, man? If this we've never seen times like this to have our own government just turning its eyes in on the American people.
1: I mean, obviously if there are people in this country who are capable of who for political purposes want to hurt innocent people, we want them found and taken care of. Absolutely. By any, by any means necessary. And, but as far as extremism goes, I mean, this is just,
0: It's, I it's mean, how, how do you define extremism? How are they yeah, defining well, extremism? Right? I, I
1: think it's just at this point it's probably speech. I, I mean, mm-hmm. speech become. You know, well, look at they stormed the Capitol because of Trump because of what he said. He words came out of his mouth, and he's. I mean, it's it's such a it's a confluence of so many things like the whole woke culture thing that turns um, words into violence. And then you see it happen. Then, then you see that being picked up by um, politicians. But also, think about this. Come on, you'd have to be out of your mind to think that the last eighteen months was about a virus. I mean, maybe it was. I mean, in the beginning, but quickly, quickly, people were like, "Okay, let's. We need to find a way to use this to our advantage." And I remember it was June fifth or June sixth of twenty twenty that. World Economic Forum video came out. Uh, Two of them, I remember. There was one of just Klaus Schwab talking about the Great Reset. And then there was a whole bunch with like Prince Charles and a couple of other people. And when I saw that, I thought this is really easy to dismiss as a conspiracy theory if it wasn't coming directly out of their mouths. I mean, if it was, if they were hinting around things and people were um, interpreting them... and taking it to places where it didn't go. But no, they were saying the quiet parts out loud and boldly. And at this point, I just have to believe I've heard Biden use the term great Greece, uh, build back better. And that is one of their terms. I mean, that is, it, it almost seems like it's a dog whistle to other world leaders. Cause I've heard like an audio put together of like, so many world leaders in the Western leaders saying, build back better, build back better, build back better, build back better. And it's like, how does everybody just glom onto this one thing? It just doesn't seem like it's, it seems like a really weird meme for, for politicians to pick up on. And I think that this is, yeah, it, it really is. And it's, I think that, If they can get us to be afraid and be scared of a virus, of basically getting sick, which I was, and it kicked my ass pretty good, but I got over it, Um, anything. They even said that, they clearly said on on the World Economic Forum's podcast, they have a podcast, that if they'll do it for this, uh, people will lock down for this, they'll lock down for climate change. Why wouldn't people lock down for extremism? I remember people buying guns after 9-11. Buying guns after 9-11 was kind of irrational. I and mean, they used planes. They were There was no, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it made people feel better. And that's fine. But that wasn't going to be any kind of help. But if people think that their next door neighbor could possibly be a terrorist, a homegrown terrorist, a Timothy McVeigh, then maybe that's just, again, part of the plan to get people to give up more of their freedom, more of their liberty. And that's really all I can think. I mean, because when you think about it, I mean, who do you think is like really president right now?
0: Not Joe Biden, not Kamala Harris. Um, i i don't know um it's barack the, obama uh, and susan
1: rice it's barack obama and susan rice are president right
0: now. susan rice that's the name i was thinking of yeah yeah
1: it's those two it's it, this is just a continuation of the obama administration except they got four years of scaring the hell out of people that fascism is in the united States. you know is in the united states when people don't understand what fascism is. i always i Am I the only one who goes right to economic fascism whenever anybody says anything? <laughs> but um, but you say
0: economic fascism. You, you mean the, the merger between government and corporations? Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've had so that. Like, that's for, what since I think. Progressive. Progressive. Yeah,
1: we've had that since the progressive era. But they're mm-hmm. talking about some kind of you know, people that want to suppress. You know, start. I remember a guy on Twitter, like November, late November of two thousand sixteen, saying that Trump was gonna was gonna um, Round up Jews and put them in camp. Put him in, Jews and put them in camps. I remember so I'm people like, saying that, yeah. Like, what, his family? Like, his daughter and his whole family who, like, I think they all married Jewish spouses. He's going to um, throw
0: one of his most uh, trusted advisors, Jared Kushner. Um, yeah,
1: and, yeah. Yeah, sure. And it turns out he's the big, you know, the biggest, has there been a more Zionist president ever in the history of the United States no nope.
0: he's up there yeah. um i mean
1: he got to he got to make jerusalem the capital of of um of israel holy crap you know basically the zionist capital and so you have all this russia's running our government um ukraine is somehow I- influencing the president of the united i mean i have all of this stuff built up and then you have Trump's gonna steal the election. Um Trump wants you to use Trump wants you to use HCQ, you know, instead of you know, waiting for the vaccine. Because I remember he started talking about HCQ in what was it, April?
0: It he was, he he was it doing he, he was doing almost daily press conferences. Yeah, yeah. I think in one of the press conferences he was like, "Yeah, hey, we got something promising. Um, there's some research coming about hi- coming out about hydroxychloroquine and zinc." And then from there, it's just like, "Bam!" Yeah. Trump's trying to get people to take uh, the stuff that you use to clean your fish tank. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, it's and that's right from there. Everyone should have known what was going on, and then it's just become. I, I was reading. I read an article today about vaccine mandates from like April of last year. I found an article from like April of yeah. last year from FactCheck factcheck.org, I think it was from. And it was basically the same article that this witch had written this week. She had another you know, article about vaccine mandates and people should be forced into it. And this is from factcheck.org. Okay. Um, so you have all of this and everything's piling on. And then it's like, oh, I mean, how hard is it to get the friggin' president, what the president who's probably responsible for more deaths around the world than any president in the history of the United States, to come on and basically say, hey, we need to worry about this threat at home. And basically, what it is is, I, in my opinion, it's anybody who be- believes. That Trump was a good president. Trump would make a better president. Trump won the election. The election was stolen from him. And it's just they're going after populism because if they want to have their goals by 2030, if that's what the goal is, and they've clearly said it, then they need to get populism out of the way because populism historically is the one thing that can take over and smash every other um, ideology like quickly like really take over quickly and smash any growing um, or entrenched ideology. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we we know where the neoliberals, we know where the neoliberals want to take this.
0: I mean, you look, you look at Brexit. That was, Mm -hmm. that was populist movement, which they didn't see that coming. Or if they did, they tried to manipulate the polls to make it seem like it wasn't going to happen.
1: And everybody who voted for Brexit was a xenophobic white supremacist.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just like everyone who voted for Trump was a xenophobic white, white supremacist, but it, it's hard. I mean, you you can definitely see the things happening, the the you know foundational blocks being moved. Of you know that when you talk about the Great Reset, the one major aspect of it is that you don't the people don't own anything. You don't have any property to your name, and when you have uh, you know during this crazy housing market right now, which I think is going to continue for a long time uh, because you have BlackRock. You have these large, and you have foreign money coming in and just buying up housing. Um, So, honestly, I I would not, if if someone owns a house right now, unless you're, I don't know, I, I don't want to give advice, but I'll just say this. I think housing prices are going to continue to go up and up and up because a lot of that money being printed is being pumped in into this commercial corporate market that's buying up residential housing, I think that's a part. That's that's a part of the Great Reset. I don't think that's entirely the Great Reset, but that's an aspect of it. So, um, but just to, to continue talking about just the climate in this country right now, I don't know if you've had people reach out to you or, um, you know, probably talking to people on Twitter. I can't remember a time in my life, um or I should say a time as a libertarian, anything close to what it was like on Thursday after Biden's I'm losing my patience speech, people are losing their shit, man. It, it, it freaked me out um, when you have the president of the United States basically come out and say, um, you're going to take this shot or you're not going to work. You're not going to, you're not going to have the job that you have. Um, what, what's been your experience?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's freaking out. I know people have been contacting me saying they're getting ready to quit their jobs, Um, telling people over the last 18 months to put put aside as much as you can because something's coming and it looks like something's coming. But I also honestly believe that this is just too much. He's just gone too far. And I think that. Well, we were just talking about it worried about the the domestic extremist mm-hmm. well what better way to create domestic extremists than to make them have nothing to lose you know i mean it's we we've grown up in a culture where we've been educated by go- daddy government and when daddy government doesn't like something he goes and destroys it and that's what a lot of people do. I think that that's why there's so much violence in this country is because they see their daddy responds to violence by using by the um, response mm-hmm. to anything, any kind of threat or anything, any kind of stressor by using violence. So they just haul off and, you know, walk into a school. And. You know, I just or a workplace or anything like that. And I mean, I think there is a real danger in all of this is pushing people to the limit. Um, You were just talking about um, housing. I think Mm -hmm. if somebody has an insane and I'm not giving advice here, I'm just painting a scenario. Uh, If you think that there's someplace better, someplace else you can go that, that you could escape this where at least it'll be, you know, kick the can down the road a little bit. And you think it's going to get bad and you have some equity in the house, probably wouldn't be a bad thing to maybe sell that house and use that money to go elsewhere. Maybe someplace cheaper with a lower standard of living, convert a lot of that into cryptocurrency, because I don't know how much longer the dollar is going to be able. I mean, already prices are going insane. Um, You know, those are things that people might do not giving financial advice here. But, yeah, um, it's
0: it's hard it's hard to say what i mean what's going to happen with the dollar i mean it's as long as i've been a libertarian it's been you know the the peter mm-hmm. shifts of the world i've been saying it's the dollar is going to crash the dollar is going to crash and it will eventually but i mean we were just talking about you were talking about at the beginning of the show how in china they've devalued their currency so much that they're trading more in dollars of course they're also using mm-hmm. cryptocurrency in china but it's basically yeah, what, what's going to happen i mean is if the global economies start to crash and they, and they dump into the dollar that maybe saves the dollar for a little bit longer, depending on how it plays out, maybe things jump quickly to crypto. So I, I, I don't know. Things.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that back in back after in 2008, 2009, when they were printing money like crazy, you never saw like the, the prices of, The way a lot of people predicted prices were going to go up, we're going to have insane price inflation just didn't happen. But you're actually having it it now. You are seeing price inflation, and you've seen price inflation for 18 months. You've also seen shortages of certain things for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And I think people have already forgotten about that. And
0: I try to buy a car right now. Good luck buying a car. Oh, oh my God.
1: (laughs) The... um, And then like housing, say you want to build a house right now. I mean, how much does lumber cost?
0: Mm -hmm. It's come down a little bit, but yeah, it's still absurd.
1: I mean, then you have to take that into consideration. Um, I just, you know, when you hear a speech like that, immediately I just think it's not about, it's not about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's not about covid It's about something else. It's about altering people's behavior, altering, um, getting people to react in ways that are react, you know, getting reactionary, um, do things in a reactionary way to get them to sell something, you know, to get them to sell their house to get them to, I mean, I just don't know. It is. There's so many different things that they could be planning at this point. And everything, when you do try to come up with something, everything sounds really, um, you know, conspiratorial. But, I mean, if the last 18 months has taught me anything, it's just a conspiracy theory is really just spoiler alert. Because every time, you know, it's like I, before anyone talked about vaccine passports, I was talking about vaccine passports. And you're like, and everybody's like, yeah, it's, that's good. That's good. Put the tinfoil hat on and everything. And then I'm like, well, you know, I was saying in April last year, this is all going to be about a vaccine. All gonna be about a vaccine oh sure, yeah. It's gonna be about a vaccine for just basically like a really bad flu. They're gonna want a vaccine. I'm like, well, they have flu shots, right? And you're probably gonna have to get it every year, right? I mean, I hated being right. I wanted to be wrong. And I underestimated some things. I thought mass would be gone by July of last year. Boy, did I um did I mess that one up. Um because I thought the mass thing was just gonna. I didn't think people were going to put up with it. I thought people were just going to be like, no, there's no way, especially when you get to summer and it's like people are outside and everything. It's like, oh, this is just, I'm not going to be able to deal with this. And people embraced it. Not only did they not say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. People embraced it and started looking upon you like you were, like you were naked if you were, if you weren't wearing one.
0: Yeah. What's an easy virtue signal. I mean, it's easy it's easy it's easy for me yeah, people to put on is look i'm I care about you I, I i want i want you to be healthy and on the other side of it, the people who are anti mask and you still gotta go in a grocery store it's easy just say all right, I'll put the mask on go in do my shopping, and at that point you're complying um and you know and you're you're not helping things which i i i do that too i'm I'm guilty of that, but well
1: where I am now it's like the the supermarket closest to me has a mass required sign on the, on the door, but I would say 60 to 70% of the people just ignore it and no one says anything. So good. Yeah. I think it's just at that point. So small town too. So
0: we're going to take a a quick break here. I want to tell you about another awesome podcast. And I know you're, you're thinking to yourself, John, I don't need another podcast. There's so many podcasts. I'm here to tell you, you do. You do need another podcast. You need to listen to Good Morning Liberty with Nate and Charlie. Um, these are two guys that bring a fresh take to the Liberty Conversation. Um, they have a background in healthcare. They're entrepreneurs. They, uh, they're they very educated in, in finance and in markets and the stock market. They run a really interesting current events style show that keeps it uh, funny and entertaining. You definitely don't want to miss their segment every Friday, The Dumb Bleep of the Week. They do five shows per week. They're bringing you great content. Good morning, Liberty. Check them out. To talk a little bit about... Politics, uh, the Mises Caucus versus the the Jason Stableton method. I'm not looking to get in a big discussion here, but um, Monday's show. So we're we'll we're recording this on Monday. So today's show that came out on uh, on Mark's uh, Mark's show was uh, Dave and Jason. Not a debate, but really just hashing out each stating uh, stating their arguments. Um, and you probably haven't haven't had time to listen to it yet.
1: I have I listened to a lot of. it. Live, actually. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. Um I will give you my my takeaway on it and basically at the end of the day and I mean I think everyone agreed that you know Dave and I agree that that Dave is the best messenger, the best frontman for for Liberty to introduce people uh to Liberty and and to break it down. Um and Jason really wants the, the libertarians who are maybe a little more mature, have, have thought about these ideas and come to understand that, you know, ready to take matters into their own hands. Um, so the way I kind of look at it is, is Dave, I mean, Jason's big into funnels, sales funnels, marketing funnels, funnels work. Um, Dave is really Jason's funnel. Into uh, getting people into a nomadic lifestyle. What do you think about that?
1: It's an interesting thought. Um, I agree 100 percent with Jason. I believe that you know the Jason doesn't define wealth as having millions in the bank. Jason def- Jason defines wealth as being able to move around. So to to have mobile to be mobile um, to have all your income be mobile. So If things get bad in one place, you can pick up and go to another place, you know? And I've gotten to that point. And he was one, you know, he was one who straightened me out on that. He's like, no, no, you're wealthy, dude. You have wealth right now because you can go and work anywhere you want. You can go halfway around the world and work. And I think that's really important. And it does make me feel a lot more free. Um, I don't feel, I feel like if things got bad here, then I can go somewhere else, South Dakota, or if I wanted to leave the country you know, go somewhere else. But um, so I think that that is very important that I think Jason makes a great point. Um, My ideas about the Mises caucus is I like the idea of focusing on local politics. I think local politics Mm -hmm. is where it's at. I think that, you know, the whoever, whomever agents show up to be like, hey, is this town vaccinated that, you know, the police force can be meet them at the, the, the town line and say you're not coming in here? And I think statewide, too, you're going to have the National Guard meet anyone at anywhere and be like, no, you, you're not coming in here. Th- this isn't happening here. So I think local politics is actually... I think it works if you're in a red area, in a blue area, good luck. Uh, But, you know, it's like most small towns where you where you can do where you can have success at local politics really aren't blue. I mean, really, I mean, what are the the biggest blue counties in the country or what? Los Angeles, Chicago, New York. I mean, there's like there's like four or five counties in there's like four or five counties in the United States that like swing the can swing the, um, election, like the electoral college. Yeah. In Biden, Biden way.
0: won, Biden won with the lowest amount of counties. won, I think yeah. ever, um, yeah. which is pretty, pretty remarkable.
1: Should tell you something about that election. And the most, um, yeah, and
0: the most votes. Yeah. That should tell you all you need to know about that election.
1: Yeah. What? what 10 million more votes than, than Barack Obama. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like the Mises caucus concentrating on local politics. Um, the whole thing about running—I mean—and this is where I probably diverge from Dave and Scott—is I don't really see the benefit anymore of running a national candidate just to sp- spread the message. It just doesn't. is unless the message is join the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, and we're going to we're going to take this over locally. But we're running nationally to running a national campaign to spread that message is kind of odd. You know, where you're like, "Hey, I'm out here in national politics, but all politics is local and we don't want to have really anything to do with the 202 area code, but we're all about local pop." It just seems kind of odd to me. So, um, I don't think I I think better local strategies Are more important right now than a rebooting of the Ron Paul Revolution, which didn't do anything to stop people from getting locked in their homes for eighteen months.
0: So, you would rather see Dave Smith run for uh, mayor of the town he lives in, or governor of New Jersey, than uh, president of the United States.
1: Yeah, I think all politics, all politics is local. Mm. No, I mean, and also I'd love to see, you know, and if he were to run for governor of New Jersey, he could still get on Rogan. He could still get on Tim pool and he could still do all of those things that are a net benefit to a presidential run, except it'll be all politics. Like I said, all politics is local. That's all. I mean, I don't care about national politics anymore. State politics interests me only in that, like, you have like um, three or four outliers in um, Abbott, and DeSantis, and Christy Nome that are willing to, you know, buck the trends, uh, um, go against the controlled opposition, which is the federal GOP, and sort of do their own thing. But yeah, I mean, I just don't see. I'm I mean, in the last eighteen months. I, if the last eighteen months tells me anything, I don't know that there's going to be a rekindling of a Ron Paul revolution. But I think that good, targeted, well-thought-out, well-planned local politics can kick in something like uh, Hans-Hermann-Hoppe's what-must-be-done strategy.
0: I mean, to be honest, I think the Mises Caucus can... I'm kind of torn. I mean, I'm, I'm a contributor, I guess, you know, member Me too. of the of Mises Caucus. I still am, yeah. I, I, I support what they do. Um, and, they, I mean, I, I see them, you know, I, I see the guys in Pennsylvania and, you know, other parts of the country getting involved in, in local politics, getting out, knocking on doors, doing that type of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's I, – I don't know. Like When I had Dave on uh, two weeks ago, I brought up the uh, hypothetical – You know, say Dave is running for president and he's running against Ron DeSantis and uh, Kamala Harris or insert whatever evil demon Democrat is on the ticket. Uh, And basically, they would be saying this Democrat would be saying we need to have. Vaccine mandates. We need to have mandatory masking nationwide. All the worst things you—you um, you have to be vaccinated to, to travel, to leave, to interstate travel. Everything. Basically, the worst things you can think of. And Ron DeSantis is, you know, running on against all of that. Um, and I asked, I asked Dave if that were the case, and say, you know, they're doing their their polling, and this is all hypothetical. So imagine the polling is actually accurate, and it's looking like Florida and Dave's. Dave is getting enough of the vote in Florida that he would lose it for uh, for Ron DeSantis. Would you drop out? Would you say, you know, maybe the people in Florida should vote for Ron DeSantis, not for me? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I think Dave, Dave's response was basically, um, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. You guys can go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. Um, but that at the end of the day, you know, Ron DeSantis isn't a libertarian you're still talking about two two people who are um you know statists um my view on it though if that were to happen that hypothetical um yes they're both statists yes Ron DeSantis is you know he's the the next biggest supporter of Israel behind Donald Trump but we've reached a point in this country, it's, I mean, we're talking about local politics, but just talking about the national picture, the biggest thing is, is COVID or not really even COVID, but the draconian measures that are coming from this, uh, this COVID regime. So if you can have a, a defeat that re- regime at, that, at the highest level in the, the presidential office, I think that's, in that case, would be important to do.
1: Sure. And I also think that and this was something that myself and Andrew from Popular Liberty were talking about is if DeSantis rerun you know, runs for governor again, I mean, don't run a libertarian against him.
0: Dave did say that. Dave did say that nobody yeah. should run against DeSantis, which I liked I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. And you same thing in any state, you don't run it against anyone who's good on the the topic of the day. I mean, every liberta- every libertarian, especially every ANCAP, once and especially voluntarists too, um, they're living in their head thinking that, you know, oh, it, i I can't even have opinion on politics. If I have an opinion on politics, I'm a statist. I've said this on a couple podcasts. I was on I was on a Facebook in a Facebook group and someone asked the question, who's a bigger statist? Who's a bigger status, Murray Rothbard or Hans-Hermann Hoppe? And people were like literally, ta- they were taking this thing seriously. Wow. And I'm like, so if you have an opinion about how things work in the real world, or if you come up with a strategy for you know, maybe you see something happening in politics like populism or the Cold War just ended and now a bunch of Republicans are saying, no more war, let's concentrate on economics and things like that, even if it's bad, even if it's not the best economics, but you still can maybe ally with them and push them in a certain direction, um, why wouldn't you do that? So, I mean, I have very nuanced thoughts about the way the Libertarian Party should handle politics. You know, I've also said that you run a it, it, say you go to DeSantis right now and say, OK, look, I'm, we're going to run a right libertarian, a guy who's going to be great on everything uh, that, you, that you're good on and even better on things that are really important to people. And we're going to we'll just take all of your votes away so the Democrat will win. How about you give us this, this, this and this right now? And you don't wait until after you win. We will not run anyone against you and we will say nice things about you. If you give us this, 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 and right now, you have a week to decide. And if he tells you to go screw yourself, okay, well, you tried. And if you, maybe you get something out of it. Maybe you get a seat at the table. Maybe you're able to help push things in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. If he tells you to go screw yourself, well, it was a good try. You still don't run anybody against him. And yeah, I mean, you put your tail between your legs because he told you to go screw yourself and um, you do what's best for everyone, not just for yourself and your, your ideology in your head. You know, this, this fantasy you have that's going to exist someday that isn't going to exist. And if it does exist, it's not going to look like you think it's going to look. So maybe get away from the ideals and start looking at a little bit of practicality.
0: So you've you've been a guy that over I've been listening to you since you know almost since your first podcast. How many years have you been podcasting for?
1: Um, in July it was four.
0: So four years, and you've I mean you've really evolved a lot over that time. There's been times that you were you know more politically involved. There were times that you've been uh, maybe more uh, more of an agorist and more aligned with Libertarian Party, um, not aligned with the Libertarian Party. What, what are your thoughts on consistency versus um, being open to evolving um, with, with what changes in the world, with what I changes I, in, in your community?
1: I, I don't think there's a disconnect at all. I think I still believe all the same things I believed in that first episode. I just opened my eyes to the real world. And it didn't start with COVID. It started way before. It started before that. It started probably a year before that. I started wanting to talk to different voices and hear different opinions. But when COVID, and so, you know, I played on the edges a little bit. But when COVID started, it just, I just realized that I I live in the real world. Um, Everything seemed pretty comfortable up until that point. Um, But there are real world consequences. Politics exists. exists. And I wanted to abandon politics there for a while, mostly because I had decided that the only way I would ever do politics is through the Libertarian Party, and then the Libertarian Party was such a complete and utter what, failure. What was
0: your reason? What was your reason for that?
1: Oh, that, I mean, I'm a Libertarian. Why, why? Why would I call myself anything else? And um, you know, and God, who who reads '90s Rothbard and thinks that that is any good? You know that was pretty much my, then COVID comes around and I I see the libertarian party just at, you know, still talking about civil asset forfeiture while people are like locked in their homes and stuff like that. And it's just like, these guys suck. So I just dropped out of that, adopted agorism for a while, and then just came back into through reading other things, picking up, um, really understanding Hoppe's democracy, the God that failed, and then reading like getting into older Moldbug, um, unqualified reservations, moldbug, and reading Burnham through um, things that he things that Moldbug was talking about, and reading some other unnamed authors because I don't want to get anybody upset and get anybody re get anybody reing. I also read a lot of Lenin and Stalin and Marx and Engels over the last eighteen months. No one complained about that. It wasn't until I started reading Moldbug and, uh, and Hoppe that people started losing their crap. But I so then I just was like, okay, well, agorism, agorism is great. And as one of my friends says, agorism is basically um, can be summed up in one sentence. I know a guy. And so I decided after reading Hoppe, I was like, well, maybe I think that going through, um, doing local politics would probably be the way to go if you're going to do politics at all. And if you are going to do politics at all, you'd definitely be doing it from the right and you'd be doing it from what Hoppe has to say and following what, like what must be done, what he talks about in that, in that, uh, essay, that great speech. And, then meeting people like Andrew from popular Liberty, who has some other ideas that can be added into the whole hop framework and even build upon it and expand upon it. Um, Yeah. I decided that one of the things I think I decided was that people really shouldn't become politicians. Like if, if you're going to become a politician, maybe have your like life together, like not maybe like, especially be financially sound, but to me, when it comes to politics, I don't want to be a politician. I don't want to become a mayor of my local town. I don't want to be on the school board. I want to be the one that controls the school board. I want to be the one funneling funds into it and ideas into it. And I want to control it. I want it to be molded in, in the way that I want it to be. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to get some people on those, get some people on those, um, committees and whatever, maybe get a mayor elected and control an executive. And I think that's really the best way to do it is get some people in there who are like minded, but really have the vision of where you want it to go and have that planned out Mm -hmm. ahead of time, because you're going into war. And if you go into war and you don't know exactly um, how you're going to win right from the start, then don't even don't even do it.
0: I mean, that that just highlights really the, the downfall of uh, running Libertarians at the state or federal level because um, they're going in knowing they're not going to win. And a lot of the people running for state office or running for most offices as of Libertarians, this is nothing against these people doing it. I, I'm sure people will take it this way, but you just you just mentioned having if you're going to run for office, have your life together, um, be successful. I think there's a lot of people who are, maybe a little too young to be doing that. Um, they don't have the, the the career backing up. They don't have the experience. They might be well-read and they might be able to talk about the ideas and communicate and all that stuff. But um, if you don't have, if you're not to that point in your life where you can be looked at credibly as a leader um, and if by running for office, if you're, acting detrimental to your own well-being to your to your family's wealth to your own um potential you know sucking resources away from your own potential uh gaining of wealth i think i think you shouldn't do it and i think in the libertarian party probably 90 percent of the people who are running for office are doing exactly that
1: yeah it's it's sad you know i um One thing that Hoppe, I think one of the reasons people, one of the many, I I think people have a lot of reasons, people who hate Hoppe have many reasons. Usually it's the most just re, you know, oh, racist, you know, because it's the easiest thing to throw out there. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but because he talks about in What Must Be Done, he talks about how every local, every locale has elites, has people who are naturally elites or people who everyone looks to. And if something happens, they may go to for counsel. And Hoppe has an article on Mises.org, it's called uh, Natural Elites, Intellectuals and the State. And I think it's one of those articles that, uh, it's really like a short book, that once you get through it and you understand, and he even talks about this in uh, Democracy too, um, the, you start to understand that elites are always in charge. It's just a matter of which elites do you want to be in charge? Mm-hmm. You know, It's you know, we don't have, and I think Tucker Carlson has said this before, and I think Malice and, uh, and Dave have talked about it, where we don't have impressive elites anymore. So, like, the founders, uh, Thomas Jefferson, as much as I don't really like that lefty, um, was an impressive elite. He was, I mean, the guy... Mm-hmm. he could do anything. I mean, he was like, he was an astronomer. He was an architect. He could do anything. Um, we, we just don't have people like that anymore. We have Elon Musk's where, you know, Elon Musk puts out one tweet and you're like, Hey, that's a pretty good tweet. And he puts out another tweet and you're like, Oh, I, I don't know what to do with this guy. You know, so it's but you don't have, you know, it's like, um, you really have to go looking for people who are, You know, have a consistent, good um, message all the time or good counsel all the time. I can think of people that I know in my personal life, um, Mm -hmm. people that if I mention their names, you know, who they were because they're libertarians that I think of in that way. I think of I would that person would be great to not run the town, not be the mayor, not be elected to office, but be the council to be the one who is just providing all the guidance you know it's like sort of like how Hoppe has helped hans a- prince hans adams in L- in Liechtenstein to go there and talk to him about economics and you know i mean hans adams owns a international company and everything and to you know to be somebody who is there and is a a good a good influence um i, I there's a tweet that somebody put out that I bookmarked and I just want to read it. And I think that this says a lot about libertarianism right now. And it's my friend, Andrew from popular Liberty, who I keep talking about. And he says, libertarians treat power as a morality problem, the same way leftists treat economics as a morality problem. Hmm. It just shows that each group doesn't know what they're talking about because both are engineering problems. And when he put that tweet out and he linked it into a private group, and I, I immediately bookmarked it, and I thought about that tweet ever since – I think about that tweet every single day. And I'm like, yes, when you hear libertarians talking about power, especially political power, they, it's, they have the same excuses for why you do, why it shouldn't exist that commies and socialists have for why capitalism shouldn't exist. They're all the same. Nobody could be trusted mm-hmm. with this. It'll always be abused. Yeah, you know, it's it, and that that's that floored me. If any if anybody gets anything out of this interview, please please think about that that quote right there because that has been that is no, that has been gnawing at me ever since he put that tweet out. And I'm just like, someone under thirty wrote that. Just blows me away at this point.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, no, that is. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes page. I'm going to think about that a lot too.
1: I'll, uh, I'll yeah, I'll, link to, I'll, I'll uh, link to it. I'll, I'll link to it. put in your DM. All right, in our DM. So. Yeah.
0: Um. So Pete, yeah, I mean we've been going for for an hour. This was uh, this was great to get to uh, to talk with you. And I had a couple notes I wanted to talk about, and this kind of went in Just a direction. Go ahead. But, well, but if very, you want
1: to get one more,
0: very pleased with it. No, I know it's, it's. I mean, oh the. the I guess the one thing I get, we might have talked about a little bit, but I 100% agree with this, so I, I did want to bring it up. But um, you know, people on on the right, the um, Republicans, are always talking about uh, you know if we can just get the uh, the presidency and the the Senate and Congress, then we'll have the power to run to to put this through. And you brought this up on Tim Pool; they had that with Trump, and the left is still in charge. The uh, the I mean the the they control the media, they control academia, they control the culture, they control the school boards. Um And my I mean my question on that is I mean the answer to that, from my perspective, it's local. It's taking your school board back as as mm-hmm. the first step. But yeah. I just wanna get your you know, if you have anything to add add there that you didn't get to talk about on Tim Pool's show.
1: Yeah. So for two years, they had, you know, 2016, 2018, they had all three branches of government and immediate. And I love pointing that out and then shutting up because the Trump fan or the the, the person who even the libertarian who is um, sympathetic to Trump will immediately come and say, well, the press and everyone. And I'm like, OK, so who's in charge?
0: Yep.
1: the press, and that mm-hmm. it all comes from Yarvin, it all comes from his theory of the cathedral, and it all comes from an article he wrote right after the election, I think it was called Requiem on, the, on an election, it was after, right after the election last year, I remember sitting in an airport uh, coming back from Ron Paul's conference reading it, and just my jaws just dropping to the floor, and I'm like emailing it to everyone and he, he's like the left gets power and they, the only thing they want to do is get more power so the left gets power, they consolidate power, they go after power, and they just want power. And for 100 years, they've been taking over academia and they've been taking over the press. So, and then now you can even go as so far as to say they have tech, they have big tech. So how do you beat that? And here's your consideration. If the most powerful person in the world and the most powerful lawmakers in the world and the most powerful justices in the world can't take on big tech, the media, those friggin' pansies. I mean, have you ever seen someone in the media who looked like they wouldn't die if you punched them in the chest and academia, same. If they can't, if the, the most powerful government in the history of mankind can't defeat those three, that that tells you who's in charge. Mm-hmm. So the left gets power; they consolidate power. All they want is more power. The right gets power, and they're like, "Well, we need to. Maybe we need to cut taxes here. We need to do something." They have no thought about if they just sought to consolidate power all to themselves. They could do all of those things
0: without even bas- They could just do them, just like the left does everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it. To go back to what we were saying about what's happening now with the Joe Biden um, losing my patience speech, I think Joe Biden is there for a reason giving a speech like that. Because, like you said, if he did go too far, the left doesn't give a shit. Throw Joe Biden under the bus. Bring somebody else up. But they've pushed it. They've pushed things that direction. Uh, And who knows what they're trying to do, what their ultimate you know, end game is with the great reset, how that will play out, but they're going to bring controlled
1: opposition. The next, the next president is going to be, I'm almost certain that Biden will be out of there very soon. Harris will be president. No one's going to want her to be president. She'll, they'll either figure out some way to get rid of her or there she'll have to run and they'll run a, a Republican who's just controlled opposition. And once they get the Republican in there, they'll, their idea will be that they, that Republican, Will be able to if he just says the right things and and just throws enough breadcrumbs to the um, you know, just a, a, enough to the Trumpers. They can try to get that under control. They can try to get everything back under control and get everything mm-hmm. going forward again. Um, I do not see a Kamala Harris as president like after 2024. It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's not.
0: Even I mean, with it, elections not being real, it's just too, yeah, 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 It's too much. Like
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the only real Republican I see. Well, the only Republican I see that if you actually believe that this this last election was stolen, and I tend to believe that they admitted it in the Time article, in the Molly Ball article, um, about how they fortified the election and everything. That seemed that that was a pretty clear was bragging. Was just them, you know. Was like spiking the football. They, um, the I, I, the only rep- Republican president, I see down down the line is one that's going to play ball, is a Bush or a, um, a George H. W. Bush, somebody who's of the regime, or or it's just Republicans or it's Democrats from here on out. And I would almost much rather see it be Democrats from here on out. I would love to see President. Kamala Harris in 2024, because then I absolutely think that finally, maybe we can have somebody. I know Texas has a serious secession talk right now, but I mean, with everything that's happening, with all the federalism we've seen working at work in the last 18 months, I mean, it just seems that secession is on the table. It, 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 we're going to see it in our lifetime. That it, it just doesn't. I think so. I mean, or we're just going to have a hot war. We're going to have a hot civil war. I mean, we already have people don't realize. I mean, we're going to look back and we're going to see these clashes in the streets between Antifa and Proud Boys, even though the head of the Proud Boys is FBI informant. Um, they're going to look at that as like a civil war, a civil war happening in the street. I mean, people. Has it sunk into people yet? There were cities on fire in the United States last year.
0: Those are mostly peaceful fires, Pete. Yeah,
1: but it's, (laughs) I mean, I look back on, you know, things that happened in Central America in the 80s and towns being burned down and seeing those pictures and everything. And it's like, you know, really, it's like we are, we're a banana republic with air conditioning. It's yeah. just, it's absolutely amazing to me that people, people have stayed just comfortable
0: it. enough that they were able to look at their TV and say, Oh, look, Minneapolis is on fire. That sucks for them. But or, it's not, or, it wasn't, Kenosha.
1: dude, yeah. Kenosha. People don't that because the Kyle Rittenhouse thing like, um, overshadowed it. That city was, I mean, do you realize how much of that city got burned? Mm-hmm. It's just, nuts. I probably don't. Man. Yeah, I
0: haven't. Yeah, I should look into that more
1: holy crap and no one no one talks about that no one talks about the fact that there were revolutionaries paid or whatever in the streets last year setting cities on fire and killing people and no one wants to talk about that and you wonder why so many people are going right (laughs) yeah you wonder why so many people are going back to church because they're well, you know, because you they're know, trying to find the center. They're trying to find something that is in reality. I mean, and church is rea- more reality than politics is right now. Even if you don't believe in God and you're just going to church out of custom or tradition or something, it's more reality than clown world that we're in. We've been in.
0: You know what's really interesting about about people going back to church. And I, I do agree that I mean, just in my own circles, I see m- more and more people who. Used to be atheists, and now they're 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 just they're looking. They're looking for for something. They're looking for you know some some sort of faith, um, something else to look towards than this chaos that's unfolding. But uh, the pastor of my church was just saying this week that attendance is down a little bit, like ten percent or something, which is to be expected with what's happened with COVID. But giving normally this time of year, they're starting to think to scramble how they're going to meet their budgets. Now they're like two hundred percent above the pace of people giving. Wow. So pe- people are looking for something to uh to to get behind, to uh to support as as they watch this country and the world unravel. Yeah. It's
1: crazy. And Vin, Ar- Vin Armani said it last year or it might have been earlier this year, I can't remember. He's he and I did like 6 or 7 episodes over like a 6 or eight month period that like really went wide but he said level
0: you still you still call him Vin you don't call him Cyprian
1: I, I'm <laughs> uh, i it, it's not it's no disrespect and I Vin know, doesn't and Vin doesn't care yeah. but um, the when you see language being changed when you see like herd immunity being basically deleted from history when you see that men can become pregnant when you see this just everything becoming insane and you don't know what to believe anymore and you're just confused about it all you return to something that has 2000 years worth of tradition and 2000 years worth of footing and you
0: mm-hmm.
1: wrap it around yourself so you don't go insane and it's really the last eighteen months, especially. I mean, I I can't believe that you know how many people have been alive in, in the history of mankind. Could it be you know a hundred a hundred billion, two hundred billion, and I'm alive at this time when this crap is happening? I mean, really, I mean, think this is like witch trials, man. Mm-hmm. This is as bizarre as like witch trials. It's like the un the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. can you can you believe that that is a meme?
0: <laughs> i mean with 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 seventy five percent of the population having one shot, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated.
1: I mean, come on. and then there's those of us who like got it, got our asses kicked by it. I mean, I know people who got it, and they were over it in two or three days. I mean, I got my ass kicked by it for like two, two and two and a half weeks.
0: Did you get? You I, get did you get yours after? Uh, was like the pork fest timeframe.
1: Of course, I got mine yeah. at the pork. I, I got mine at pork I got well, you home. Probably
0: run, you probably run down a shit coming back. That's probably and why I wasn't take, hard.
1: I well, I wasn't taking vitamin. I wasn't taking my vitamins when I was there. Yeah. I wasn't taking my vitamin D. I had forgotten my vitamins, and I didn't stop to get any. And I think I honestly believe if i had had my vitamins, I probably wouldn't have got it. But. um yeah. I mean, it kicked my ass, but I feel cu- with what I know and everything I've read, I feel comfortable now. Maybe if I'm going to an event that is large and has a large amount of people, maybe I'll take some of that thing that starts with an IV prophylactically, you know, like, the, um, like Brett Weinstein has been talking about. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, if I get it again, it'll probably be nothing. It'll probably be a couple of days. And I have some supplies that i'm not supposed to have um just in case that happens we reading reading comments here
0: yeah and no, i was looking trying to figure out yeah look at this one i was wondering if i posted this it's got to be the different blake wilson um this is one of my best friend's name is blake wilson he's not in the pride so i was wondering did i post this to the to the main page maybe i did but uh, Blake says, everyone wants to find some peace right now with how messed up the world is. I'm starting to see a slightly better connection with neighbors than the last couple of years, even though we are polar opposites. I have faith that we, the people, will come together and the pendulum should start to swing back. I He's didn't say that. It. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Did you, did you put this in the pride or, or is this? Uh, you might, this, have might made be this. A, this might be out might live be, on Facebook. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well. But um, Maybe I made a mistake. He said, he said he's watching live but yeah. um yeah and we're gonna have to come together and we're gonna have to come together locally i mean i really honestly think that's the only way what i've seen stories out of um one specific story out of right outside of boise where the school district wanted to pass mass mask mandates and a bunch of so many parents showed up that they couldn't um they couldn't fit them all in the room. So they just made them come next day and sign this piece of paper and you will be exempt. Your child will be exempt from this. And it was like the whole school district showed up to sign it. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's going to have to be done locally. And, you know, I've been pretty hard on the cops in my career. My first episode ever was about the police and how much I can't stand them. And I'm making a documentary about the police right now but i will be honest with you the town i lived in in georgia i haven't done it here yet i knew all the cops there um, i mean i lived in a i lived in atlanta but it was like a, this was like a satellite of atlanta and i mean i basically knew there was like 12 cops for the city i knew them i knew them all i wanted to get to know them because i don't want them thinking that i'm a threat and them coming in and freaking killing me in my sleep mm-hmm. because we live in an insane world and um i believe honestly and you know it's going back to like the john birch society their whole thing was it support local police because you want local police to be able to fight off the atf now or the atf DEA, wh- whomever um that may not that's going to happen if you have a good relationship and you get involved locally and you start to sprinkle libertarian ideas all over the place or you take it over. I mean, that's, I think that's where we're at right now with all this until all this stuff is over until all this, um, you know, mandate until the word mandate disappears from friggin' culture <laughs> from, from the cathedral spitting it out every day. Um, I think everything's going to have to be local.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more and appreciate you for, I appreciate you, Pete, for coming on for an hour and 20 minutes, a little longer than we, uh, we agreed on this awesome conversation though, man, really appreciate it. go ahead and, uh, plug everything that you, that you got going on.
1: Free man beyond the wall podcast, check it out. And, um, I think, uh, tomorrow, who's it? Um, just released an episode with, um, who did, Oh, Scott, Scott and I, Scott Horton and I just started Mm -hmm. a new podcast under the libertarian Institute banner called the end of the empire. I released the first episode on my f- on my podcast feed today to try and get some more people, drive some more people to it. And then I have a interview coming out tomorrow with the classic Tom Luongo, who has been around and written for LouRockwell.com for a lot. I mean, he wrote the first article ever about Bitcoin for LouRockwell.com. Wow. And he's just, I love the guy. He's uh, my age. We have a lot in common. Both grew up in New York and everything. And um, we both pretty much see the world the same way. Um my sub stack by any memes necessary. It's just basically where I rant. Libertarian Institute, obviously. Um, go see The Monopoly on Violence. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, if you still have Amazon Prime. And yeah, it's our documentary about anarcho capitalism. And um, there's one more thing. Um, go read unqualified reservations by mentioned. Start started the first started the first article and keep going
0: yeah i need to I need to read more molebug it's uh it, it takes it takes work to read molebug it's uh, not you know it's not easy got to, to get do. used to it
1: well I, mean, um, I read I read theology I read classic theology for so many years it's kind of I, I can pick up stuff like that pretty easily right. i I know how to filter
0: <laughs> All right Pete well, thanks again for coming on the show
1: I appreciate it thanks John All right
0: okay, want to tell you also about friend of the show long Time supporter of Lions of Liberty, Tyler Colford, a.k.a. Crypto Man, and uh, his new track, his new song, First World Problems, if you haven't heard it, i going to play a clip of it in just a minute here. In the song, Tyler doesn't hold back. He, he rips into cancel culture, grifters, inflation. It's a really good song. It's a really fresh take. Please, wherever you listen to your music, be it Spotify, iHeartRadio, please go and uh, like and follow Crypto man so you get all his music support our friend Tyler a uh, a guy out there who is fighting for Liberty uh, fighting that cultural battle and uh, I'm gonna play a clip of that new song right now check it out
1: internet is free Blind who simply cannot see.
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Find Your Freedom. And what a week! What a week on Lines of Liberty. We started off at the beginning of the week. If you remember, way back on Monday, we had an incredible episode that Mark hosted on the flagship program with Jason Stapleton and Dave Smith. Um, it wasn't a debate. It was a nice discussion um, talking about where they explain their messaging and the reasons for why they are so passionate about taking the uh, divergent paths that they're taking. Well, they both believe the same same things. They both believe in the ideas and the principles of liberty, but are going about it in different ways. And I think uh, there's room for both, just to get my opinion on it. Maybe I'll talk about it more later, but I think absolutely there is room for both. Um, and then on Wednesday, Brian comes out of nowhere in his interview with uh, with Dave Rubin, uh, talking about the, the California recall election. Unfortunately, did not go the way we all wanted it to. Big shocker. California is a lost cause. Uh, But anyway, great interview with Dave Rubin. If you missed that, you might have because Brian did two episodes, one on Tuesday night and then one on Wednesday. So check out both of those. Brian, as usual, great stuff. And then, of course, today's episode, Pete Quinones. I mean, come on. I mean, if if you didn't like this discussion, then I I don't know if you're alive. It was uh, this was I mean, like I said on the show, I've been listening to Pete since he came on the scene and he gets better and better every interview I hear with him. And he was just on Tim Pool. It's absolutely crushing it. Uh, you got to check out everything he's doing at the Libertarian Institute, Free Man Beyond the Wall, all that stuff. Go uh, download and, and listen to all of Pete's stuff. And when you're doing that, if you haven't already, and I don't know why you wouldn't, please uh, go to uh, Lions of Liberty, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and give us a give us a follow, a like, uh, whatever you do on your podcasting app and give us five stars if it has that option leave a nice little comment and uh, we appreciate it because those things help us out with the algorithms of course as you know that's how the podcasting works and uh, you know if you didn't know we do have some some other shows that we do I talked about in the ad at the top of the show about uh, a show that we have a bonus show called degenerate gamblers where' Way in the swings of that now in the football season. It's going to be a fun time. So you can hear that every single Thursday. Degenerate Gamblers um, either on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty, or on Locals. And that is at Lines of We're going to keep both these open, the Patreon and the Locals. I will say I am really digging the Locals. So if you do want to switch over from Patreon, you can do that. You don't have to. We're keeping both open. But uh, you can join both if you want to. <laughs> but we appreciate all your support, seriously. I mean, the the only way we're able to do what we do and continue to bring this content every week is because of our, you know, our supporters and also our advertisers. So if you're listening to the show, you're also indirectly helping by helping our numbers so we're able to advertise. And then, uh, so if you're listening and you're donating, you're basically the best person ever. So we thank you so much we're doing any of that and that's it guys hope you all have a great weekend relax watch some football i'm uh, heading to a wedding out of state with my wife and then on saturday we're coming back down through uh, happy valley uh penn state and we're going to the whiteout uh, penn state's playing auburn it's going to be uh to be a fun time i hope i think we'll see but uh looking forward to it i'll talk to you all next week Always remember to keep your head up and the fire is liberty burning.